Hey, everybody. Welcome to a Community of Principles podcast, a conversation to support leaders. I'm your host, Ben Gilpin. Now, let's get this started. Hey there, everybody. This is Ben Gilpin. This is the Community of Principles podcast, season four, episode number two. And we're going to call this episode hashtag bromance. And I think you'll see where I'm going to go with that in a second. But um, before we get into episode two, just a little quick couple of disclaimers. Right now, we are in the midst of uh, the holiday season. And you as leaders are probably dealing with not only families that are in need, but also staff members that um, that are in need. My one quick tidbit before we jump into this, my little uh, soapbox is really lean in and be a good listener. And I know as, as leaders, we try to be good listeners all the time, but that would be my advice for the holiday season. The better we listen, the more information we find out. Okay, there's my soapbox. Now we're going to get right into the podcast. I've got two great guys with me today. I have the president-elect, Mike Domagowski, and I've also got, we'll call him the government guy, David Simpson with me, and they are going to give a quick little intro of each other and uh, or of themselves, and then we are going to jump into some questions. So, Mike, take it away. You are the president-elect. Well, thanks, Ben. Uh, like Ben said, I'm currently the uh, MEMSPA, the Michigan Elementary and Middle School Principals Association president-elect for 2020-21. I also share the foundation in my district. I'm a middle school principal, eighth year administrator here in the East China School District, uh, working for St. Clair Middle School, and uh, very proud and honored to be on this podcast and just do what I do each and every day. So thanks again, Ben, for uh, asking me to be on the podcast. And also a big part of Thursday's hashtag MemspaChat. And hashtag MemspaChat. Yeah, so back in 2000, what was it? 2014, I believe we started Memspa Chat on Twitter, Thursdays at 8 p.m. Still ongoing. It uh, does very well on Twitter. We're very proud to have a platform like that, that we can all collaborate as uh, lead educators, uh, just trying to be better together. Kind of like the uh, motto here on the podcast. Awesome. Love it. Okay. Government guy, David Simpson, tell us about you. Well, first, Ben, thanks so much for having Mike and I on the show. Uh, first time caller, long time listener. <laughs> and, um, no, we are excited. And as you said, government guy. So the official title is co-state and federal relations coordinator. And I'm serving my end of my third, um, it's a three-year term, and this is my third year, but I was fortunate enough to be uh, re-elected to that position. I have a passion for supporting our schools in Lansing and DC and supporting our families and students. I am currently a principal at Northern Hills Middle School. It's a seventh and eighth grade uh, middle school here in Forest Hills. It's my 15th year as a school administrator. And just as Mike said, the connections that we have with MEMSPA have been foundational. So I love what you do with the podcast and just honored to be on your show today. Uh, Looking forward to it, gentlemen. And um, yeah, I'll lose that term loosely, gentlemen. But uh, no, you guys are great guys. And uh, when I say hashtag bromance, I think a lot of people probably smiled at that and they can probably understand why. But we'll get to more of that. We're going to jump in first off. First question. I don't care who takes it, but uh, the first question, pretty simple. Oftentimes we hear about that uh, admin island or isolation island. If someone is a practicing principal, maybe they're even becoming, they're, they're getting ready to get into the field or they're a first-year principal, how important is it to avoid that? Why is it significant to not be working in isolation? Well, I'll take it first, if that's all right, uh, there, Dr. Simpson. 
But, um, you know, for first year administrators, the, the number one thing I can always give them as it pertains to advice is just watch and learn and build those relationships with your staff, community, other administrators in your district and outside. Just listen and learn. And as you progress as an early admin, um, it's really important to not be isolated, not do things just with your particular vision or your particular school, but really open up, get other administrators advice, seek that advice in your district and especially outside your district. And that's kind of where David and I come in with, uh, as you've named this bromance a little bit, but you know, it's, it's really important to not just uh, communicate with those administrators or lead educators in your district or in your community, but outside as well. So you want to branch out as you begin your administrative career. And that really opens up you um, to have different ideas and to kind of push away that isolation. Yeah, I can echo that too. You know, if you're coming off, say a first year administrator, you just got hired, you presented yourself in the interview as the authentic self that you are, that's dynamic, a rock star, you're ready to go. And sometimes, sometimes it's hard to then realize and ask for help because you're kind of supposed to know the answers. You're the one who got the job. You're, you've been hired. And that's one of the things with MEMSPA is that sometimes it's easier to make those connections with maybe administrators outside of your school district, just to have someone to call up and say, hey, I've been thinking about this. I'm wondering about this. And just give yourself that permission to be imperfect and know that that's going to be okay. But then others have also walked in that same journey and we're all here to help. And so those connections are a must because if not, this job, especially with remote learning, with virtual learning, hybrid, it can be pretty isolating. And that could be really tough on, tough on school leaders. I completely agree with both of you. I, you know, I got to tell you, early on in my tenure career, whatever you want to call it, David, you just said it. I, I felt like I had to have all the answers. And I, looking back, that was probably one of my biggest mistakes is I tried to go it alone. I tried to prove myself. And sometimes I even see that with, with our own teachers. They're trying to prove themselves rather than necessarily always collaborate. And, and we're always better together. And it's trying to get people to, to feel comfortable enough to be vulnerable. And, um, and that's one of the things that I've tried to talk about with um, other leaders is that, uh, that power of vulnerability, kind of taking a page out of Brene Brown's book. Okay, you two, question number two, a lot of people want to know, how did you two meet? How did this all come about? Well, it started with a, a gaze across the room uh, one time. <laughs> and we laughed, but it totally did. <laughs> so as you talked about Memspa chat, this was Mike's first year. He had launched Memspa chat. Another colleague of mine, Dr. Amanda McKay, she's out in Rochester. She had kind of introduced me a long time ago to the power of Twitter and how it could be used professionally and, and whatnot. And so I was excited about Memspa chat. I was on those early chats with Mike Mike, probably there was four or five of us, maybe, do you think? Yeah, I think there might yeah. have been about four. And that might be giving us too much credit, too. I'm, I'm trying to go high, yeah. It was tough. The, 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 the rollout was a little tough. I think there was about three or four. I prefer to call it, it was a soft launch yeah. of Mem Soft Chats. rollout, yep. Yeah. And so Mike and I had uh, connected on Twitter. We had never met before. In fact, I had no idea where East China was in where it was in the, in the state. And then all of a sudden, it was the state conference, which I'm going to plug the state conference. I know this year was virtual, and it was an amazing virtual experience. But to any administrator out there, K-8 administrator, if you haven't been to the state conference, it's a life changer as far as the connections you make. So we look forward in 2021 when we're when we back in Traverse City. But it started, we walked into this big hall is where the opening keynote always is. And across the room, I saw Mike. 
And I remember gazing into his eyes and I'm like, <laughs> is that Mike Domagowski of, of Twitter? Is this the guy I've been talking to? And, and I saw David Simpson across the room and gazed into his eyes and thought, is that that David Simpson, the one on Twitter that actually participates in the soft rollout of Memspachat? <laughs> Go ahead, David. And so it was like a scene from a, a movie when we uh, we leapt across the room to connect with each other. And what was awesome is that it was both our first time at the state conference. So we were both first time attendees. We didn't really know what we were doing. Mike, unfortunately, didn't realize uh, he didn't even stay for the Thursday night leadership banquet and the Life Touch uh, gathering because he had a work schedule because we didn't know how important that was. But yeah, we um, hit it off that those couple of days, got to know each other. Uh, we sat in networks, talked about what he was doing in his school, what I was doing, and we've never looked back. Yep. That's, I mean, that's exactly how it went. You know, we talked that Wednesday and Thursday of the conference. I left Thursday and I mean, I wish I would have stayed for Friday. I took the, just the Wednesday and Thursday off of work and had to be back at work, you know, and I uh, had no idea the power of that MEMSPA conference. So um, that was back in 2014 when that gaze of the eyes happened. And uh, <laughs> from 15 on, I mean, I've attended the conference Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We get there usually on Tuesday. Tuesday afternoon, Tuesday night, and kind of connect. And um, it's been like that way ever since. So, uh, but yeah, that's that's literally how it started. It sounds a little odd, but it did. Across the room, probably about 30 yards away, I saw David, he saw me, and, it was, and we both kind of had to check too, right? Because like you see people's profiles on Twitter and you're like, and I see David's probably laughing now, but like I saw David's profile on Twitter and I'm like, I think that's the guy. And I don't think I've ever told David this, but I actually looked on my uh, my phone and I was like, I did a double take. I'm like, I think that's his face. I think that's him, right? So I mean, that's literally how it went. And then we walked up to each other, shook hands, and was like, hey. So, Well, we've had the cornhole events. I'm sure you guys have gotten together outside of work as well. But there's also, you know, the the good times and the sweets as well. So there's there's always lots of ways to connect. Well, um, and we've kind of built that just through our personal relationships, right? And uh, professional as well, because we do, obviously, we're connecting professionally through it. But uh, when we kind of let that go, it's really important from a relationship standpoint to connect on a personal level. So you're right. And I don't mean to get too much into this. There's probably a f- future question here. But you know, we've connected on a personal level, just not with ourselves, but with our wives and our families too. So um, we've kind of, um, him being all the way in the west side of the state of Michigan, me being all the way on the east side. I mean, I'm looking out my office window and I can almost see Canada. That's how close I am to the east side. So uh, now we've got, we've connected constantly on a personal and professional level. And we've escalated or uh, built it from there from 2014 of the gazing of the eyes. And then, you know, 15, well, this is what we do is 16. Let's make it bigger. 17, 18, 19. We've always, you know, now try to get a, a suite and make it more of a, you know, a larger gathering. So yep. we've, we've kind of built it from there. And that started in four, yeah. 2014. That's, and that's cool. We're roomies now at the conference. We are. We, we actually roomed yeah. together. Yeah. <laughs> Was it David? The last two years, I think we roomed together. Three years. Yeah. 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 Oh yeah. Yep. That's cool. It's like step, step brothers. We just became best friends. <laughs> yep. We're going to go do karate in the garage. So, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So, you know, this is, and see that to me, this is part of that beauty that a professional, a professional friendship evolved into a personal friendship. And so that's going to lead me into the next question. And this is going to find out a little bit of, about some of those intricacies. How well do you know each other? So we're going to start off and, and we've got basically, I think there's three or four, three or four questions that you guys are going to answer about each other. And we'll start with Mike answering these about David. And then Oof. David, you'll answer these about Mike. Okay. No cheating. And, and we don't know these answers and stuff. So I, there's no cheating. So I don't, we'll see how it goes. 
<laughs> well, I'm, and I'm even gonna, I'm, I'm even gonna go a little off script too. So we'll wait for this one. Yeah. Okay. Right. So let's just start with a softball. Even if you don't know it, Mike, when we're when we're thinking about David, is there a current book or the last book you think or you know he read? Oh my gosh, the last book David read. You know, I I know a while back he was really into visual learning, so I know that's one on the table he has read. I know uh, a deeper learning uh, book is probably one that he's involved with currently. If I had to say something, I would say making learning visual something like that would be a, a book that he's he's currently reading or just finished learning something around that. Well, I, I was convinced you were going to say the Cat in the Hat, but uh, <laughs> thanks for not being there. Yeah, <laughs> David, how did you do? Well, I have read those two books, and as as Mike knows, he knows me well. Uh, his attendance and pre- presentations, I do really love Dr. Richard's work out of Project Zero on on creating cultures of thinking and making thinking visible. But that is not the last book I was I read. I was, lately have been reading the book called Stretch, and it's the idea of just of personal. The author was a guest on Brene Brown's podcast, and it's the idea of are you stretching, are you reaching in your own kind of personal life. So. Nice. Okay. Okay, Mike, here's, you got a second chance here. What is David's preferred way of communication? Email, text, phone call, other. Oh, that's a tough one. I mean, I text quite a bit with David. So I'm going to, I'm going to say text if I had to choose one. So we have a nice, we have a couple of different group texts and also individual, but we have a couple of group texts. So I'll just say text. David? Text it is. It's, uh, that's, that's exactly that's, That's good. Exactly That's right. good. Yeah. Cause you gotta know how you gotta know how to reach somebody, right? See, Mike tried to get me into Voxer a while back. I and did. Mike, are you are you still on Voxer? Uh, not, I, I, I use bit. it a little bit. Yeah, we dabble. We actually, dabble. actually Ben and I will dabble here and there in Voxer, but honestly, okay. not as much. I mean, text is, is a is a big one. I do Voxer a little, but there's so many ways that you can communicate now, it's just insane. I just like text because I can have like a special ringtone just for Mike. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Okay, Mike, third one. What is David's uh, kryptonite weakness or guilty pleasure? Um, that's a tough one. I can say anything from a movie to a food or a um a beverage. I'm going to go with if you can get under his skin talking about MSU because I know that there's a lot of things that uh, you know, our buddies and I, you know, he's probably laughing, but uh we kind of <laughs> get under his skin a little bit about a Michigan Michigan State rivalry. So that's kind of like his weakness a little bit that we can get under his skin and start really getting after him. David? Uh, that's definitely one. Um, but I, I, I've, I, I've grown um, through years of therapy, not how to get so upset when Michigan State loses, which lately in football has been a lot. Um, wait a minute. Well, things, co- things coming. Wait, wait, wait a minute. Yeah. This year, though, we didn't lose to Michigan. But yeah, overall, we were having a pretty terrible season, but we did beat Michigan. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. And then last one, Mike, what is one way... And this isn't really a question. This isn't really the competition piece, but this is the extra piece. What is one way David pushes you? I honestly think this is something I think I love about David professionally the most is he's always on the cutting edge. So it makes me a little envious, I'll be honest, because of the way he thinks and like how smart he is, um, how eloquently he talks. I really, uh, I love that about him and he encourages me to be better because of the different programming he does with his students, his staff, the way he organizes staff meetings and professional development. And um, I I really look up to him like that. And I don't know if I've ever told him that, but I love hearing his stories and almost an unreachable grasp for me. I've taken some of the things, 
that we talk about that he's explained that he's done. But uh, some of the things I just think are so amazing. I don't know. I look up to him because of those things. Okay, everybody, as you're listening, this is where it comes in with hashtag bromance. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's flip it now. David, you get to answer these about Mike. First one, his current book that he's reading or the last book he read? I'm ready to hear this one. Where the wild things are? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, No, he probably, Mike, so many of you might not know this about Mike, but Mike is a very positive person and really involved in the Positivity Project. So I always want to think he's reading something really positive. I mean, he may have read my dissertation recently. I I don't know if he's really interested (laughs) in that. Which I actually have read in the past. He did share it with me. I have read it. Yep. I mean, that could be it. So I'm always thinking of Mike's reading something about a positive. So I'm going to say Dare to Lead by Brene Brown. All right. Great, great one. Haven't read that book yet. I've read uh, many of the books by the speakers at the conference. I usually purchase their books and read through them. Got a lot of highlights. I'm actually... I actually did this. um, I'm reading the book. Long story short, I'm reading a book that's really off script of education. It's actually called Good to Great by Jim Collins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so uh, it's... I thought you were going to say stretch. No, I... I, No, no. I actually just started it. I am, uh, what, 35... No, I'm sorry. Where's my marker here? I am uh, 65 pages. Look at that. And David, I, you know, we're also doing a video. He's got the same one. I'm actually reading it right now. I just started it. So that's the one I'm reading. It's, um, you know, why, why some companies make the leap and others don't. And it's just a different perspective. I I don't, I'm not, not that far into it. So I just started it. Like I said, I'm just excited to do something a little bit different. I don't know. So Mike, you just started it. I just started it. Yeah. Okay. Let me know what you think, because there's a, um, there's a paradox in there that I think is really timely for Let's discuss and maybe we'll meet up afterwards. After yeah, that, that sounds good. But it's it's different than a, a lot of the educational reads. I don't know. David, have you read it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot different. Um, I don't know. So that's where I'm at. It's a, yep. biz, it's a business classic. It is. It, yeah, classic. it seems like that, which is not something I would normally read. So I just, uh, it was on the shelf from the previous principal that was in my office. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of interesting. That's so different. So I don't Okay, David. Mike's preference, email, text, phone call, or other. Well, personally, I'm going to say it's it's text, but I know that his Twitter usage is is out out of this world as far as his connections that he has and the and the people he makes. But I'll say text because that's just how we communicate mostly. Yeah, hundred percent. It's text. I mean, I email quite a bit. I use um, I love advocating for things on Twitter and doing things on. T- I mean, I love everything Twitter, but uh, yeah, definitely text. We text a ton. Yep. Okay, David, how about this one? Speaking of text, so this is a funny story. I was talking to my staff. One thing that I'm really trying to model for staff is healthy boundaries for self-care, for taking time for yourself and your family. And I remember I joked with my staff one time about texting it was the, it's on the weekend because I really want to make sure I'm available for my staff if they need something. And I said, hey, if something comes up, call or text me and I'm going to get back to you basically right away if, as soon as I can. If you... If it can wait till Monday, email me. And if you don't have my cell phone number, then it must not be an emergency to me. And they all they all laugh about that. So <laughs> <laughs> nice. But I love that you're you're not only embedding the support, but you're also embedding a little humor yeah. and everybody yeah. needs that. Yeah. All right. Question three. How about Mike's kryptonite weakness or guilty pleasure? Well, Mike is a very healthy person. Uh, the guy can sometimes wake up at four o'clock in the morning. I don't know if you're still doing early morning workouts and and about four thirty. Yeah, yep. it still blows my mind. But occasionally we'll have our um, our meetings at Memphis headquarters when we were in person, 
And it'd be funny to watch Mike cheat with like a piece of bread or a lasagna or something like that. And so maybe some some carbs every once in a while could be a guilty pleasure for Mike. I don't know. I'm going to give you that because even for myself, some of these things are hard to come up with, right? Like what's my guilty pleasure? Like I love Snickers and Pepsi and popcorn. Those are three things from a food perspective I love. But um, yeah, I, exactly. Ben, Ben's showing me some <laughs> Snickers. Um, but honestly, I think David r- nailed it on the head. W- my wife and I really transitioned uh, to really eat very, very healthy in 2017. And ever since then, we, we both lost a considerable amount of weight. And we're both very in shape. I ran uh, like 8.2 miles yesterday and just, you know, getting out. We built a gym in our basement now and, and we eat healthy too. So um, we make our shopping list and yada, yada. So David knows all this. And so I think I would give David, uh, an, you nailed it on the head because when we do go to Memspa, it's like, man, I'm going to have that dinner roll or I'm going to eat that spaghetti or lasagna or, you know what, guys? Yeah, let's get pizza. Like, cause I, we just don't eat that stuff very often at home. Yep. You know, we're very, very healthy eaters. So. And I do it on the weekends, you know, even at home, we kind of have like a day where it's like, all right, let's, let's, let's get carry out. You know, I'm going to get a Reuben sandwich, which, you know, so, but we just don't eat like that. So yeah, I'm going to give it to David. He nailed that one. Cool. Okay, David, how about one way Mike pushes you? Man, it goes back to that. I think that, that positivity, um, I look up to Mike so much and who he is as an educator, as a man, uh, um, as a father. I know he talks about that a lot with me and his his passion for life. And it's just inspiring. Um, you know, as Mike tried talking about how to, you know, reach or, or be the level sometimes that he talked about with me, it's that same reciprocal. It's it's how to be more like Mike in, in life. Um, there's not too many days when I can see him as being too down. He's always optimistic and just, and I think that speaks to the, some of the program he brings into his own school with the positivity project. I know he used to talk about the positivity unknown to mankind. I think that's a Harbaugh reference. I'll give you that, but um, yeah, I switched it up. Yeah. Well, I would after the last season. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but just, I guess more is just the type of human, the type of, like I said, the man, father, husband, educator that Mike is, you know, I aspire to be like that. And he inspires me to try to be my best life and my best version of myself because of who he is. So it's, it's more than just as an education for me with Mike. And I think that's speaks to our relationship a little bit. It's, we're way more than just obviously professional colleagues. It's just, I consider him one of my best friends. This is, and see, this is exactly what I wanted our MEMSPA people to be listening to and hearing because it stretches both the professional and the personal growth. And that's, that's really what I hope people are getting out of, out of these connections. When you form these, these connections with others, when you form friendships, when you form that professional piece and it becomes a personal piece, it embodies everything that we do. It's not just school. It becomes life. And so you guys epitomize that. And this is, this is exactly why I wanted you guys on here to share your story with others. Okay. Now I'm going to go a little off script. Last question. We'll start. David, you go first this time. And if you don't know the answer, you don't know it. It's okay. But is there, is, is there a cause? Does Mike have a cause that he is pretty passionate about that may not be something that's always around school or education. Yeah, Mike, I hope you don't mind if I share this. Well, you don't know what I'm going to share, but since you've shared it publicly a number of times, <laughs> Mike's mom uh, suffers from MS, correct? 
MS, right? That's correct. I, and, I was hoping that you were going to mention that. And yeah. Mike, uh, so this is again, the type of selfless person he is. Um, Mike and I recently became old and both went and are our forties. And mm-hmm. for Mike's 40th, uh, he put a challenge out on Twitter to have 40 of 40 people donate to um, his mom's MS. They do a walk every year. And I think this year the walk was virtual because of COVID, but Mike's always raising money for that cause, um, his love for his mom. And so just that, here's your 40th birthday and here's what you're asking for people to do. And he's really passionate about that. And I'm proud to support that for on his mom's behalf. Perfect. Perfect. Okay, Mike, we're flipping over to you though. Okay, is there and, and I, I realize where you want to go with this. You're gonna go TikTok with David, but I was <laughs> gonna go TikTok with David. That's all I had. That's probably still all I have. <laughs> but is there is there an, something outside of education? Is there a cause that usually David channels that uh, energy? Now, now that's tough for me because I I don't know if I've had that interaction with David about like a cause like that or seen it or can remember. I remember um, a donation or two in the past, but that was actually what I was going to go with is like TikTok because it's not only about his students. I think that's a release for David just being who he is as a person and opening up. I'm not a huge TikTok person. However, I follow David and oh, yeah, me too. There's nothing better in my day. And my <laughs> wife like rolls her eyes and cracks her up at me when I tell her, oh my gosh, look at uh, David put in a new uh, video on TikTok. Like it's the best thing ever because his TikToks are amazing. And I don't know how many followers you have. I think it's like, isn't it like 10, 20? Like, don't you have thousands, David? I, I think it's like around 13,000. Yeah, I was gonna say it's like ten, fifteen thousand TikTok uh, followers. I think he gets a quarter a day. Yeah, I'm, I, I, I'm making about really great. fifty cents a day. I've made ten dollars so far this <laughs> month, so I'm actually a, a paid professional TikTok maker now. Is what I tell my son. Yeah. <laughs> no. So I guess if I had to say something like Ben, that was what I was going to say because um, I was honestly from David. Look at being asked the question, I was hoping he's going to say the walk and mess because I'm very passionate about that for my mom and society. And I'm not sure if he has a different society organization that he's passionate about. Um, we've never really got that. But I, from a TikTok perspective, I think that the joy that he brings others is easily seen if you if you follow him on TikTok. And if you do not follow Dr. David Simpson on TikTok, please do because you're going to get enjoyment out of it. Nothing with education necessarily. He's got some principal things in there, but you know um, his kids are in there, his family's in there, and they're, they're just a joy to watch. His ability to to rattle off the 90s lyrics of of anything is astounding. And you do it from your car too. Parked. My car is parked when I do that. Just I'll get, I'll get you. But I gotta tell you, you know, the the especially some of the rap that you're able to rattle off, I'm I'm sitting there going, Oh, this is taking me back. Yeah. So yeah, I I applaud you and I try to each time give you that uh, little heart on the side too. Uh, yeah, I noticed, Ben. I see that. Okay. <laughs> no, it's just uh, <laughs> okay, you two. No, yeah, yeah just, go ahead. Yeah, as Mike said it, I just have fun. I like I'm I like being a big dork. Uh, you know, it just it is fun. It's an outlet. Um, my kids roll their eyes, my wife rolls her eyes at me. But yeah, I just it started in quarantine. It started during the pandemic. My students were on TikTok. I didn't know what it was, so I just started doing a little bit. I used to be in like plays growing up, so it's just fun. It's just being a big dork. Have fun. Perfect. It's perfect. Okay, last question as we wrap this up, boys. Best thing about MEMSPA? Mike Domagowski. I was going to say David Simpson. <laughs> Honestly, I think that uh, just exactly what we're doing right here, right? It, it gives us a, um, an association or a group of people to not only just depend on and bank on for uh, personal questions, 
uh, reasons, programs, anything that revolve around our profession. But from a personal perspective too, I think it's important that we have that release, not just with our friends that we grew up with over the course of time through grade school, high school, our own community, but to reach out to um, find out what's going on in their communities. And the best thing about MEMSPA is that it's an association of principles to where we can be ourselves professionally and also be ourselves personally. It's like that platform that we can come together and just work together to collaborate, to be better. And that's what I love about MEMSPA is it's that outreach that no matter what you're talking about, where you're at, where, what your situation is, you feel comfortable with those people to work together in whatever is in front of you. And I would say it goes back to that state conference. Uh, if you have the opportunity to do that, there are a lot of ed organizations, a lot of um, across the state, different associations you can be involved in. And I've had those experiences and all do a great job. They educate your members. You learn things. There's PD. But I think the big thing that sets MEMSO apart is the feeling of family. And I remember at uh, one of the, the summer leadership institutes, Shauna Spicker uh, led a um, the family, they are, we are family song uh, as, as we're in the middle of like spontaneous, almost like a lip dub. And I just remember the feeling. It was a, like a dance yeah, mob a dance or something, mob right? or something like that. Yeah. Whatever it's called. And it's just that, it's that different feeling with MEMSPA that it's just much more than learning about how to be a principal, how to lead schools and all those things. It's that family connection. And it starts at the top with our executive director, Paul Liebenau. The man is so emotionally uh, dedicated to kids, to schools, to principals, all the way down to our aspiring leaders who show up on on our Twitter chats. It's that family feel that you're never alone when you're part of MEMSPA and people are there just to listen. And that's what family is about. People who will support you through thick and thin and who will always be there for you. Uh, Well said. Well said, both of you. Hey, I am... This has been great, and I I really wanted to highlight uh, the two of you because when we start talking about better together, I had to bring in the bromance, and um, and I'm hoping that people check this out and listen in. As you're, most of you are heading into that holiday season right now, and even into the beginning of 2021. One thing I would just say to you is, if you have that connection, if you've got that person that you can lean on, and and it can be professional, and then you can you can start to get to know each other better and, and even make it into more of a personal connection. I think those are going to be the connections that carry you through and lift you up, especially in some of these dark, challenging times, because we all need somebody that we can lean on. So gentlemen, thanks again for joining. And, um, and once again, you guys epitomize better together. Thanks for having us on. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Ben. Okay. Till next time. Well, thanks again to our guest, Let's continue to connect and reflect because that's what leaders do. Thank you to all of our listeners. Don't forget to check out hashtag MemspaChat Thursday nights, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And you can also find more leadership tools at memspa.org.